Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I am an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I wanted to take a minute to introduce today's guest, um, Janice Formicella. She has been on the podcast before under its previous name, and um, I talked with her about her journey of leaving Mormonism, and today we're kind of back to talk about her current spiritual practices and how she evolved from um, leaving Mormonism to the practices and work that she does now. So Janice Formicella is a breakup coach, writer, and co-host of the X-Files podcast. She supports individuals who are struggling with the pain and confusion of a broken heart to turn their breakup into a magical opportunity. With a focus on overcoming loneliness and living a desire-led life, she works with people to become passionate about being their own soulmates and using solo time as a superpower. You can find her on in- on Instagram at Janice Formicella, and I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. I think you're going to love this conversation with Janice. I love talking with her, and um, yeah, here you go. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. I am here with Janice Formicella, the our co-host of X Files, and a breakup coach. Hi, you, Christina. Hi. You know Janice already. She's been on the podcast before, um, telling her story of leaving Mormonism, and we're mm-hmm. back to talk about spirituality today. And and I am excited to do so. It was so great talking about leaving Mormonism with you. And this is very much kind of, you know, uh, what happened next <laughs> yeah, yes. is what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> the sequel. You are all yeah. wondering what happened with Janice. So <laughs> today is the day. <laughs> uh, a lot. Yeah. A lot ha- continued to happen after that. <laughs> <laughs> right. There really is no end, is there? <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> Beautiful. So my favorite question to start off with is, um, what does spirituality mean to you now? I love that this is your favorite question. I love this question and I love that so many people explore it and also do try to define it. And for me, spirituality are beliefs and practices that connect me to something greater, more powerful and more sacred than what I can see. Mm. And my spiritual practices are the things that I do that add a bit of, I guess, the sacred into each day. Mm. That's really beautiful. And can you tell me when you first started to like lean into that definition of spirituality? How, like, how did that begin to develop? Yeah, that I, that's a good question. I guess um, so. Right as soon as I left Mormonism, I was actually very interested in spiritual practices and just kind of new age things in general, and how other people uh, practiced in mm-hmm. spirituality in their lives. And as far as my spiritual practices adding something sacred to my life, um, 
or to my everyday. That's actually something that I heard in a course. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I, when I was in college, I was a women's studies major and I took a course on women in Judaism. Mm-hmm. And this was something that one of my professors said about the act of ritual. And that just kind of really resonated with me and has stayed with me to this day. Mm-hmm. And I think I see people asking this question, you know, what does spirituality mean a lot? And it just, that's kind of just my natural response. And it has been for a long time. You know, I don't think that as humans, we are meant to be able to explain everything that's out there or to explain the unexplainable. Mm. And, but I know that you can connect with it. Mm. It's just something, something that I know. Yeah. And that's okay with me. And I find a lot of peace, comfort, joy, ecstasy from doing so. Yeah. That's beautiful. So like, I I find it fascinating that like you went from being in Mormonism and then like, then you immediately started exploring spirituality mm-hmm. because a lot of us, including myself went through uh, what we called an atheist phase, right? Nothing <laughs> against atheists. A lot of people stay mm-hmm. there and that's great. Um, mm-hmm. But like for me, it wasn't like a a way of staying. It was more like a pendulum swing of like I can't believe in anything that I can't see, and then yeah. into coming back into a place of like you know enjoying the mystery and connecting with that mystery and connecting with something greater. That energy, mm. um, however you're wording it. Um, what uh, I guess I want to know, like what what practices did you start exploring when you? were like dabbling that or when you heard this definition in college, what were you mm-hmm. like curious about like trying first? So I was always curious about new age practices growing up. Okay. I can still remember. I don't know if the, if you had this where you grew up, but do, do you ever remember seeing newspaper ads for like psychic fairs? Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was always so curious about just stuff like that in, in general. Okay. And so when I decided to leave Mormonism, it was a desire that I had inside of me to start exploring. And I was in a really vibrant college community. I went to ASU and I was really heavily involved with feminist activism and I, the, the community there was just very vibrant and a lot of people were very active in various spiritual practices. And so I, I had, um, it it available to me for me to kind of experiment and do various things. Some of my really, really close friends were really into paganism, which I still love and practice aspects of today. And, you know, just invited me to events. And I was just, I remember the first event that I went to and just like this burning feeling in my chest of just like having to know more about this. And Mm -hmm. so I actually, so one of the first practices I went to, um, it was a pagan ceremony. And I don't know if you've been to any pagan ceremonies, but you know, you call in all four of the directions and it's, you know, kind of, um, it's a ritual, it's a ceremony. And I was more or less there, you know, observing. Um, and I remember I went to my friend's house a few days later and I I called her and I said, Oh, I want to come over and talk. And she had no idea what it was that I was coming to talk about. (laughs) And I sat down and I said, how did you learn all of that? And she, and, um, that, you know, began my exploration of it. 
That's amazing. So you're talking about the LBRP, right? Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagon, the Four Directions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I, I mm-hmm. have a friend recently who's who's more recently gotten into paganism, and yeah, um, they do it in witchcraft as well, which yeah. is also something that I study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So what? Um, I want to backtrack just a little bit and ask, like, because you said you were interested in like the psychic fairs ads and stuff as a kid and new age ideas, mm-hmm. what were, what were you like as a child? Like, I'm curious about your like personality in relation to that. Well, yeah, I mean, that d- describes it a little bit. I was really curious about the outside world. I yeah. grew up very, very religious and in a very orthodox Mormon family and more so than my peers. I think I wanted to know about how other people lived and what other people were like yeah. and, you know, th- things like that. Um, so I, yeah, very, very naturally curious and also wanting to experience more than I think that some of my peers wanted to experience. And I will also think that I always felt like I wanted to do something like unique or something to stand out. I remember always feeling like I didn't want to conform as much Mm -hmm. as it seemed that some people around me were comfortable doing so. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you're the oldest of how many siblings? Seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you had the the pressure of being the oldest and that, um, from your parents, how did your parents respond to your curiosity when you were a kid? I mean, there was no support whatsoever for, for exploring, you know, anything really outside of Mormonism or any, anything that would have seemed contrary to our, our belief system. Mm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm curious to move back to now and mm-hmm. talk about what practices, like, since you've done all, you did all this exploring in college with psychic stuff, paganism Mm -hmm. and (laughs) psychic stuff, (laughs) well, psychic fairs. I was like, uh, (laughs) so I, yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) not something that I really ended up um, diving too, too deep in into, but (laughs) (laughs) psychic stuff (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, or psychedelic stuff. No, there's many. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of different spiritual directions here. Um, Paganism and um, witchcraft and just like kind Mm -hmm. of connecting with something greater than yourself. Um, What has been um, one of the most powerful practices you've held in the course of the past, however many years it's been, that you feel like has been consistent for you or you've come back to? Yeah. Something that's been consistent for me that, I mean, that's a good question. I really did experiment with various things for a number of years. I was, and still am really drawn to group experiences. And so for me, for a while, I really wanted to find a spiritual community, um, for, uh, for a couple of years, I was, um, very, very active into Buddhism and was with a, a Buddhist group and, you know, did chanting and meditation and all, all of it. Mm-hmm. And, but what, what, what's been most consistent is my solitary practice. And it took me a number of years to get to the point where I am now, where I don't need a community. And that's what it's been really important to me to, to get here. 
What? In fact, oh, I brought one of my book, my favorite books. It's Wicca, the a guide for the solitary practitioner by Ooh. Scott Cunningham. And okay. this was a book that I read when I first moved back to America about three years ago and was um, looking to, you know, add more richness to my life and also make, make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're talking about solitary practice. Is that mm-hmm. a specific practice or just any practice you do solitarily? <laughs> oh oh I like that question a lot so basically I (laughs) it's any practice that I do solidarity okay yeah (laughs) I was like yeah yeah, actually that's a perfectly valid question I I completely see where you're coming from but basically it's spiritual practices that you do on your own okay because I was like maybe maybe she has a practice of being like alone for just Uh alone. And that's Mm -hmm. the practice, you know? Uh (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that there's a lot of value to that, but yeah, I mean, lots of pagan and witchcraft practices do involve group rituals. And um, so, which I love so much, but that's not always accessible and it especially hasn't been accessible the last two years. And so Mm. getting to a point where I have been able to do daily practices completely on my own and get as much out of it is something that's been so important. And so has added so much richness to my life. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, would you mind like walking me through something that you do in a ritual, like say it's a Tuesday and you have a Mm -hmm. big day of like clients ahead or whatever, and you want to ground yourself. And what is your, what is your practice? So, um, uh, for my morning practice, I do meditate every single morning and set an intention for the day. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that I do absolutely with, without fail. Um, and so I, you know, and I don't know if that seems that significant, but it is for me, that's how it gets me grounded. And, uh, one of my really core spiritual practices and spiritual beliefs is the law of attraction. Yeah, and that's so- the other book that I have here. <laughs> and oh, yeah, read, read the title and who it's, by. uh, it's the law of attraction, the basics of the teachings of Abraham. Okay. By Tell- Esther and Jerry Hicks. And this is another one of the books that's been really um, significant in my spiritual practice and spiritual study and development of my beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me how that, like, tell me a brief definition and how that's impacted, like came into your life and impacted. Yeah. So the law of attraction is all about being happy and it's all about the feeling that of satisfaction in life, regardless of your circumstances. And so it's not, it, it is about manifesting in the sense that the happier you are, the more magnetic you are and the greater things that you attract, but it's about being happy regardless of the thing. And that's, yeah, been really important to me because, you know, I've gone through lots of challenges in life and I, it was really important for me to learn about the law of attraction in times where I was struggling financially, struggling with my career, struggling with my relationships, and just being able to know that I could be happy while still, you know, trying to improve all of those things and then mm-hmm. being happy despite not having, you know, everything that I might've wanted. Yeah. So, um, 
So a couple of questions. Is this, um, cause I, I've dabbled in manifestation, um, mm-hmm. Buddhism and the laws of attachment. So I'm curious, um, is like you're having a shitty time for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is the mindset process? Like, because obviously you don't want to spiritually bypass like a negative experience. Like what is mm-hmm. the process of moving back into a space? Is it like not attaching to anything or what is like the mindset there? Well, I guess for me, when I'm going through a hard time, I do give space for that for sure. And I do give space for, for my feelings. Um, if I'm having, you know, um, you know, feeling depressed, for instance, recently, um, I, I really struggle with seasonal affective disorder at least, you know, I haven't been diagnosed, but I know that every single January without fail, I will wake up and feel for some reason, completely out of sorts and depressed. And when it happened in January, I just said, I am going to take one day off and I'm going to, you know, embrace that this is happening. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to just kind of sink into it. And I spent almost the entire day in bed, Mm -hmm. you know, almost like I had a cold. And then I woke up the next day and I just, you know, started thinking about, you know, all the things that I could do to just physically and mentally and emotional uh, and emotionally uh, feel better. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if it, if it means, you know, going out to eat at your favorite restaurant so that you just are in a good environment, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, Abraham always says, you know, figure out what feels good and do that. Mm-hmm. And it does take a lot of practice. And I know that it sounds really simple and almost trite, but, um, it, it works. That's beautiful. I don't, I don't think it sounds trite. Um, it seems, it seems actually really kind to like, like acknowledge what you're feeling, take care of it. Like if you're stopping to take time to care for what your body needs and then mm-hmm. being like, okay, but we won't wallow in this. Yeah. And it's like, and then start seeing what you can do to help yourself like mm-hmm. leaning it, leaning into joy and pleasure. Yes. And, you know, taking a moment and, you know, thinking about if you had, you know, the perfect day, what would it look like? But also what would your perfect day feel like? And then mm. think about the feelings and then go for the feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that, I mean, also that's one. So one of my other practices I I meditate in the morning to get grounded, um, before I work and before seeing my clients, but to get really used to this feeling, which is so important for living the law of attraction. Um, one of my evening practices is dance, which I do consider a spiritual practice. Um, I used to study five rhythms, dancing very, very intensely. Mm -hmm. And now I, it just, it puts me in this place of of joy and ecstasy. And that's what you want to go to bed feeling because that it's very, it's more easier to access the next day. If you've, you know, just felt it. That, that, you know what, hearing you say that makes so much sense. Cause like, I don't dance every night because I haven't really thought of it in the same way, but I, on nights that I dance, which is, you know, more often than the average person, like (laughs) twice a week. I mean, that's good. I I wouldn't say I necessarily (laughs) do it every night, but often. Yeah. Yeah, that those mornings, I the next morning, I've definitely felt it easier to access that. So mm-hmm. fascinating! Yep. I love that. Thank you. Um, so I want to I want to hear about something. Um, 
how how your spiritual practices um, interact with big decisions you make because okay. um, a lot of like my clients are making big decisions. I know mm-hmm. your clients are making big decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, like um, for you and your spiritual practices, how like how does that how do those interact with each other? Like how are you supporting yourself through your spiritual practices to make big decisions? Well, look, I I haven't, I don't know if I've always thought of being in tune with my intuition as a spiritual practice, but I will say that that is a leading force in my life. I am also very into studying the divine feminine. And I think that I have that within me. I think all women have that to access. And I think that my intuition is a part of the divine feminine and trusting my intuition and knowing that, you know, it's a sacred gift that I have has been important for me in making big decisions. Mm. So how are you tapping into that? I, um, it's become second nature for me. I can feel it in my chest. I can, I know when something's right and when something is wrong. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's really, these things are kind of difficult sometimes to explain when you've been doing them for so long, but I, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I guess, no, thinking about all of the times that I didn't listen to my intuition and how I felt has helped me to listen to it over time. And it, it, yes, it is something that you practice and you learn. What yeah. through sometimes making, you know, the wrong decisions. <laughs> sure. I mean, what, I, what I'm hearing from you is that you're paying, a, you've paid attention over time to yeah. how you felt and yes. that's allowed you to know which, which is where you're supposed to move forward and where you're supposed to hold back or definitely. Go in yes. a and, yep. And like I said, I think that this, you know, it's a, it's a gift that we have and it, but it's up to us to recognize and use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm sure your meditation practice helps with that too. <laughs> yes. Meditation is really good for, um, for mindfulness because it gets your system used to being mindful. It's again with, you know, your ability to access these, um, these various states of being. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Hello loves. It's me, Christina. I wanted to interrupt this episode to talk to you briefly about my one-on-one rebuilding coaching series. This 12-week series is designed to transform the way you show up in your life, um, to help you discover your next step and support you to move confidently into it. We work on inner critic, dialogue, confidence, and trusting yourself to make decisions. I like to look at life as a series of endings and beginnings. There's so many of those in our lives, and I think this space is where the greatest transformation takes place. And whether you've already gone through a change or feeling like there's a change around the corner or just really feel like something is missing, These spaces are great for asking, what do I want now and what is possible for me now? If you're really longing to live freely and trust yourself to move through life with confidence, this series is for you. My clients call this series transformative, empowering, and inspiring, and they often report after the series they feel confidence to say no, trust their worth, in touch with their bodies, and in tune with their instincts. This is a powerful container and can have huge long-term impacts on your life and well-being. You can learn more by visiting my website at www.christinamcarlson.com, also listed in the show notes, um, and that's where you can learn more about working with me. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. I lost my train of thought. I had like two different questions come in my mind at the exact same time, and I was like, ah. Um, (laughs) All good. 
I'm just curious if you can share like um, an experience where you were anchored by these beliefs, maybe something recent, something yeah. tangible, or mm-hmm. it was like, here's the circumstance, here's what I did, and this is how it supported me kind of deal. There have been a couple times in my life where these things really, really, really came into play and really changed my circumstances. And I think the most recent one was probably, like I was saying, I came to America after living overseas um, for many, many years, about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. And I really, really started from scratch, didn't have a job, didn't have an apartment, uh, didn't have really that much money either. And just kind of had to build everything up. And, you know, you can really kind of start to get lost in the day to day process of making that happen. And so I noticed when I came back to the States, I'm not even sure that I was meditating every day. I'm not really sure that I was in, in touch with my spiritual my spirituality at all. Um, you know, because like I said, I just got caught up in all of the details. I actually ended up getting a copywriting job for a car dealership. (laughs) I mean, talk about the anti Janice, like as far as (laughs) environments goes. And I knew that it it was going to be short term. But then, you know, going and being in such a sterile, money-focused, envi- physical environment every day, it really, it's really, really started to get to me. I really felt weighed down by it. I, I guess I was glad to have a job, but I really felt all over that it, it wasn't right. But I also, at the same time, because I hadn't been in touch with my spirituality, I I really felt lost as to what I was going to do to get out of this you know, kind of bad situation and yeah. build the life that I really wanted back in America. I absolutely knew working for a car dealership was not what I came back here to do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember one day sitting at my computer and just being so miserable and all of the sudden the, I, the idea or the words just came to me, like, you need to pick up your witchcraft again. Just, like I hadn't even thought of this in such a long time. Mm. And all, it just was there in my mind. And on the way home from work, I started listening to podcasts. I, you know, started getting the books that I had enjoyed from the past. And I, you know, just started doing daily rituals again, just almost immediately. Like, Mm. I think even that night I did a ritual thinking about what it is that I was trying to accomplish here in Denver and, you know, lighting candles and journaling about it and, you know, saying a prayer. And then I started doing it each morning on the weekends. I'm really into weekend rituals, especially Sunday night rituals. Mm. And you know what? It really did turn things around for me. I started attracting more opportunities. I was able to start freelancing and completely replace the income that I had at the dealership. And also I was just happier. I knew I stayed working at the dealership for a little while longer, but I just had, I was much more at peace about it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you were going somewhere. Yeah. Yes. And I knew where I was going and I was able to picture it and I had, I had more joy and that you can't really attract good things in your life if you don't have joy. Mm. And that's what a huge part of spirituality for me. I really think that as humans, we're meant to be happy. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's beautiful. I was about to ask you what an anchoring belief you have had throughout this whole time, but it sounds like you just named it. <laughs> yeah, that, that would definitely be it. And I think that sometimes it can be really challenging, but I do think that it's uh, possible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's not about the things. It's about creating little um, opportunities for the sacred to come into each day. Yeah. We really need, we really need to have joy to live. I know I completely agree. And it makes me sad that a lot of people aren't living, living that way. Sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's so many factors that are involved in that, you know? Yes. Yeah, completely. I wasn't always like this. I actually had to have someone pointed out to me at one point when I was living overseas, um, that, you know, I, I spoke very negatively about my life and about my circumstances. And I had someone, you know, point out to me that if I shifted my language, I, you know, I might start to feel better. Mm. It was when I was living in Bali and I said something to one of my friends about being really broke. And, you know, she very lovingly and gently pointed it out to me. And you know what? It's true. Happiness grows on itself. And if you say the words, you're more likely to feel it. And then eventually you feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or most of the time. I really want everyone <laughs> to know I have struggled most of my life with uh, semi-severe mental health issues. And I I know that sometimes we can't completely control these things. Sure. Um, I, but I do also know for me that it's made, th- my spirituality has made it a lot easier for me to manage uh, my, you know, my mental health issues. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You know, taking one day off in January, this would have been an entire month of, you know, severe depression and, Mm -hmm. you know, day drinking and (laughs) not being able to get out of bed. And now, you know, I I can just have the day. Yeah. What a testament to being able to care for your body, you know, to care Mm -hmm. for your state in that moment instead of prolonging Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I've definitely found that too. I, um, you know, it's funny my partner said this to me a couple of years ago, I said something about like, I always get sick and, and he uh-huh. was like, he was like, Shh, your cells are listening. And I was uh-huh. like, what? <laughs> that's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like, well, also just know, think of how you feel when you say those words, you're not yeah. feeling happy and healthy. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I, I really do believe in like the, the deeper subconscious beliefs of positivity that we can change yeah. as, as a bigger influence than just the words, but our words definitely have an impact. And, you know, there's, there's so many nuances to that, but it's, it's beautiful to have tools that are accessible to everyone yeah. that can improve your life, you know? Yes. And language is one of them. Last yeah. weekend, I, I had volunteered to work. Um, I am a breakup coach and I also do um, some content creation as well. And I'd volunteered to work for one of those jobs. And I actually said to Claire, my X-Files co-host, I said, oh, I have to work this weekend. And I caught myself and I said, actually, I get to work this weekend because I volunteered to do it. And I, and I, the way that I did not dread having to work that weekend because of just shifting that was remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. And that that's like a, you know, it's interesting too. Cause like our, how we talk our words externally sort of eventually bleeds into how we talk internally. 
Um, and I mean, you know, there's a lot more to that mindset work, et cetera, but like, it definitely has an impact if you're continually talking to yourself out loud nicely, it's easier to internalize that voice. Yes. I tell myself, I love myself and I'm beautiful in the mirror each morning. Yes. (laughs) And I mean, like what a better foundation for the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do love myself and think I'm beautiful. And like I said, I, I know that the divine feminine is inside of me and that deserves to be respected and honored. Yeah. I, I follow, do you follow Alok on, um, Instagram? No. They're a non-binary advocate um, and activist and poet, and they define beauty. Um, I recently listened to a podcast by with Glennon Doyle, and they define beauty as fully being yourself. Oh, yeah, that makes like, so much sense. Yes. And that's also confidence. And you can look at someone who is fully themselves and confident with that, and they radiate. And that yeah. is, yeah, that is pure beauty. You're right. Yeah. I just, it made me think of them because they were talking about the divine feminine too. They feel that and they feel really connected with that. And that's Mm -hmm. cool. I love that. I do. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Janice. I really appreciate your time and you telling us about your spiritual journey. I appreciate telling that. I love talking about this stuff so much. And honestly, it really has been such a game changer for me. If you would have seen me at some of my lowest points, even just, you know, four or five years ago and how I am now, I don't think you believe it. You wouldn't recognize me. And it has very much been because of my spiritual practices that I've gotten to get to this place, which is extremely joyous on a daily basis. I love that. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.